two, one. Welcome everybody to the Built Different podcast. And we are back, Gold Rush episode six, but the first episode of 2023. And we're back. We're back to talk some football. Season's finally over. Getting ready for some playoffs. Bill, how you feeling, man? Ready to talk playoffs. It can't believe I can't believe it's happening already. But man, what a season. What a season. It, it was absolutely ridiculous. A lot of trials and tribulations, but man, we made it through. Uh and ready to talk playoffs. Heck yeah, man. I mean, it, it was a very, very crazy season. I mean, you as a Dolphins fan, very eventful. Me as an Eagles fan, not as eventful, um, but still, I mean, almost eventful, almost. Yep. But, you know, wow, man, what a season we got treated to, you know, from the highest of highs to the absolute lowest of lows. Um, you know, I know we didn't make an episode when, you know, the DeMar Hamlin thing happened. We are very glad that he is out of the hospital now. Yes. Um, look forward to his return to, to football if that is, you know, in the cards. But most importantly, he's healthy, out of the hospital. Nothing happened there because that was, that was pretty scary. Yeah, best place you can be is now at home with his own doctors, with the Bill staff ready to recover and, and you know, hope live his full life that that's the important part here and you know football stuff comes uh, as a far distant second at, at this point but uh happy as hell for him and really i i think a, a lot of the the commentators in the game and, and espn staff and everything they really said it best that uh humanity showed a great face throughout this situation and the world kind of needed that so yeah it's big. And, you know, he, he touched a lot of people through just fighting and the biggest and the, and the biggest thing for me was the, the power of the people, because you know that the NFL was getting ready to play this game again, but yeah. everybody rallied together to, you know, complain on social media. Like you shouldn't yeah. play this game, shouldn't play this game, shouldn't play this game. And yeah. I genuinely think it was the power of the people that, ended up canceling that game because yeah. I, I do believe they were gonna, I mean they delayed the game they would have canceled it right away if that was going to happen you yeah I, mean? I I'm not sold that they were absolutely going to try to play it again I think it's just a weird unprecedented situation right. and it, you know it the only precedent we have is Christian Erickson in a soccer game or fo- other kind of football depending on who you're talking to uh, and they started that game after he went into cardiac arrest and nobody was up in arms over that. So the precedent was to play again. And given it's a little different and, you know, having to revive him on the field, it does really take it to the next level. And the right move undoubtedly is to not play that game. And everyone did figure that out, but you can't fault somebody for thinking are we supposed to go back to normal here? If the thought crosses someone's mind, but they end up making the right move, if they realize their mistakes, even if the NFL did say, hey, we're going to get you guys back on the field. We're going to start you warming up. We're going to give you five minutes, give you a breather. After any other injury, it's just as soon as we're back from commercials, we're playing football again. So they they tried, but they fixed it within 30 seconds. That warm-up lasted 30 seconds. And then they had the right decision, which means they, if they did make that mistake, they fixed it. They understood. For sure. That. For sure. 
And yeah, and you know, like like we both said, you know, most important thing, you know, he's healthy, gonna yeah. get back to life. You know, very very proud of him for for pulling through. Now, before we get into playoff talk, because I know that's yeah. the big big discussion, that's the we got some coaching to talk about. We got yeah. a coaching carousel. There's very limited teams with coachings open right now. We know there'll probably be more as the offseason progresses, yeah. as you know, teams die in the playoffs and people get mad and fire their coaches. Um, you know, Cowboys, for example. We'll talk about that later. But <laughs> um, you know, what what do you what do you think? Yeah. So the first thing I want to do is kind of run down uh what vacancies we currently have. So so far we've got at post Black Monday, we've got Panthers. Broncos, Texans, Colts, Cardinals. That's currently the end of the list, but I know that it's not over yet. I know we're going to end up with at least one more vacancy up to three plus more. Who knows? But I think what's crazy about it is we have some talent that's on this carousel that wasn't on it throughout this year. We have Jim Harbaugh. We have Sean Payton. All of a sudden it's, a little bit of a cooler idea to fire your coach because that's a required step in order to land one of these guys. Jim Harbaugh is in hot water with the NCAA. Sean Payton is ready for his glorious return. Somebody's going to land a coach with a ton of experience, uh, a coach that's coached or won in a Super Bowl before, a coach that's coached in the college playoffs. Uh, in for one of them, you know, it's. It's kind of crazy to have that level of talent available. But if you're one of those guys, where do you want to coach out of those current vacancies? And you know what? Let's throw the Rams in there, too, because we know Sean McVay is not going to stick around for much longer there either. So, I mean, I'll open this right up. We kind of argued about this before the show a little bit. I want to argue about it right now. I have... You know, maybe maybe it's because it's the only rumor that we really not not the only rumor that we have, but the only rumor with any substance to it. But I I actually do think that Sean Payton's going to end up in the Denver Broncos, and the reason why I feel that way is because the Denver Broncos. You, you might say you know some of these other teams, but the Denver Broncos, I think they got the most talent. You know, Russell Wilson. Yes, he had the year that he had. He had the biggest letdown in. In a lot of people's opinions, maybe NFL history with how much they gave up, how much they yep. gave him, everything. But one one can't sit here and say that Russell Wilson is just done. Like Russell Wilson's talent is just gone. But watch me. I think the Broncos. Russell are Wilson in a is done. His talent is gone. It's over. I don't, the I don't know, man. But listen. The Broncos are in a very, very, very desperate position now. They gave this man, Russell Wilson, everything. They traded everything else. They gave Russell Wilson everything. They got the talent around him. I think they're going to throw Sean Payton whatever he wants. They're going to get it done. Sean Payton, I, I truly don't think that there's a better spot for him. I mean, yeah, maybe you can argue the Cardinals, maybe. But I think it's the Broncos. I think it's... I I just think it's it is what it is. I mean, he's gonna come in with his own coaching staff on the on his horse, shirt off, muscles, you know, blaring in the sun, hair that he doesn't have, whispering in the air. It's it's gonna be Sean Payton's Broncos. So I need to talk about that take in a couple of different ways. I want to start with the Russell Wilson piece, and I do think Russell is done. 
I don't think he's a good quarterback. If you look at what he did with the Seahawks, and then you look at what Geno Smith did with the Seahawks, you'll understand that the Seahawks make quarterbacks good. The quarterbacks don't make the Seahawks good. Geno Smith, in one year, broke Russell Wilson's single-season passing yards record. So that he is the new franchise record holder for Seahawks passing yards. Geno Smith did that. So I can really reduce Russell Wilson down to at least a below average quarterback in the NFL in his current state. He can make the throws by all means. Strong arm, accurate to a degree. Yes, I. It, that's not all it takes. That's not all it takes to be a great NFL quarterback. And he had his great moments, but he's not a great NFL quarterback anymore, at least. So now onto the situation. You're a new coach. You need to build this team in your image. You need to somehow either sign free agents or draft guys. And guess what? There's no capital to do either of those things. The coach that ends up with the Broncos is going to be the coach that didn't get the job offer from anywhere else. It's as simple as you have your chance to end up landing one of these, and and maybe not anywhere else. And taking a look at this list, I'm not going to say that the Texans are necessarily much more desirable than the Broncos, but it's going to be lower pressure and you actually get to build your team. There's not as much talent there by any means. You're right. There's some talent there. The biggest talent there, Patrick Sertan. I, I love the kid. His father's coach for my Dolphins right now. He's defensive backs coach. but And he was a stud player, Hall of Famer for the Dolphins. Love Patrick Sertan. Love Patrick Sertan the second. But outside of that, you know, there aren't that many highlight players on this team because you're paying Russell so much. So, I think that's a terrible, terrible fit. My team that I would want if I'm a coach is the Colts. I really like what the Colts are built of right now on defense more than anything. You have some capital if you wanted to trade up. Uh, You're not that far away from the first pick overall. And the Bears don't really need that quarterback. I I think Justin Fields is going to remain their guy. So uh, if you pair DeForest Buckner with... The, uh, you know, I believe his fourth overall pick for the Colts, you can move up into the top one, two, three, whatever you need to do in order to land your future guy. And then you get to tie yourself to a rookie quarterback. And there are several that I think most of these coaches would be happy to tie themselves to. So I'm going Colts based on the fact that you get to actually build and Jimmy or is a reasonable guy. If he's willing to give Jeff Saturday a chance, I think he's willing to give you a decently long leash. Uh, but I'm just <laughs> going anywhere but Denver first and foremost. But and that and that's my whole thing is like, all right, so may, maybe Russell Wilson has lost his talent. Okay, may, may let let's let's say that Russell Wilson is just never going to get his talent back. I act. I would with Sean Payton and what his plan is to get this all-star coaching staff together come in and wipe out a whole coaching staff and just replace them. I would trust that with Russell Wilson as just a game manager with all the talent he's going to have around him. I would trust it. Even if Russell Wilson has lost his talent and he's just a game manager that's just making plays, making Sean Payton's plays, you know, scrambling here and there and making Russell Wilson, you know, vintage plays here and there. 
I would trust that more than I would trust, you know, maybe, you know, Sean Payton goes to the Colts and embarrasses himself and drafts maybe the wrong quarterback. Or he goes to the Cardinals and Kyler Murray absolutely embarrasses him. Or, you know, he goes to the Cowboys and he gets cowboyed out of the, you know, out of the NFL. His last run is just dying in Dallas because Dallas is Dallas. You know what I mean? So I, I just, only reason I feel like it, it's just a perfect match is because the Broncos are going to be desperate. And Sean Payton, it, it's a team that you can work with all the way around. It's just Russell Wilson is that only question mark. But as a question mark, I think it's a decent enough question mark where Sean Payton could just sit down with him and be like, listen, man, get your fucking shit together because we got it. We got it. And I don't think that – who did they – I already forgot his name. Nathaniel Hackett, was that was his name? He couldn't He was garbage. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm not saying it was the coaching as to why Russell Wilson was bad because Russell Wilson was bad. Yeah. But – Hackett was garbage. <laughs> like they yeah, I mean, that. the situational football was awful. But at the same time, Russell just couldn't make a play. He had no yeah. explosive plays throughout the whole season. They would have I, – I believe it would have been 13 wins that they had if they scored 18 points in every game. 18. That's in that, and that – hey, you got me. That yeah. point alone – you got me there, but I believe in Russell Wilson at least as a game manager under Sean Payton and yeah. his all-star coaching staff, and then their amazing defense and the amazing stuff that they got on offense. I would love that. I would love to see it. Yeah. I, I mean, you do have enough weaponry where a guy like Sean Payton could come in and do good, but not great. And Sean Payton knows that, and good isn't what he's aiming for with this return. So I think he's going to end up staying in L.A. in some capacity. I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up in Dallas. Uh, but if he does end up in Dallas, I wouldn't be surprised if you see him trying to fight Jerry Jones on a Jake Paul undercard in the near future. So, <laughs> you know, I don't know where he ends up, but I, my guess is really LA. Okay. That's definitely fair. That's fair. So what about Jim Harbaugh? So I think, I think he's going to go to the Cardinals. Um, if he does come to the NFL reason why is I just think, the Cardinals, it's just it's his kind of team. I mean, when you when you remember when he was with the 49ers, I'm not comparing Kyler Murray to Cap. I know Cap is a lot bigger, a lot more athletic. Sure. But similar similarities there. to an extent. It's the same archetype, kind of. I'm yeah. going to stretch and that. Big wide big wide receiver and D hop. And I just I I really think like if he if he was to pick a team and he I assume he's gonna have to pick after Sean Payton. Because I think I think this is all gonna fall after Sean Payton picks a team. Maybe I don't know. Because if I'm a team, I'm waiting to see what Sean Payton does first. Because unless he tells I want to be you're dead in the water, you know, he might yeah. have the respect to just say, "Hey, I'm not going to Arizona. That's a mess. I don't think Kyler's good. I don't like what else you got going on. Kyler's got saying." But, but that's also the thing is like Jim Harbaugh. I would trust him with Kyler Murray because Kyler Murray, at the end of the day, I don't think he's a bum. I don't think Kyler Murray is a bum. I don't know what this ACL injury is going to do to him, though. Yeah. But he needs the right coach, and he needs the right system behind him if he's going to come back and do it. Yeah. You still have a top wide receiver in the league if you don't trade him. And you know what? The Cardinals, at the end of the day, it's a decently a decent team enough where Jim Harbaugh can come in and do his thing. So you just made me think Cliff Kingsbury wouldn't be a bad fit in Denver. I think if Cliff does want to be a head coach again in the NFL – that's a guy who can get more out of Russell Wilson and he just has to know how to build a, a good staff because he's not the defensive mind. You know, he's the offensive yeah. guy. So uh, there's going to be a ton of movement. I, I, for 
Jim Harbaugh, what I'm hoping is that Stephen Ross isn't in cahoots and trying to get him in Miami. I really want to see more Mike McDaniel. I want to see him with at least the same one. Even if you just had two different quarterbacks over the course of the year, I like our odds a little bit better to get a little farther than when we are likely about to. Uh, but And you know, it, it really sucks for your guys' situation because Teddy Bridgewater was – because like – it's like you guys predicted, not predicted, but it's like you yeah. had the quarterback for when Tua went down. You had the right. quarterback that was supposed to step in yeah. and do his thing, and right. you ended up with Chip Skylark. So if I had to pick, I think you're right. I, th- I could absolutely see Harbaugh being in Arizona. I, I think it's a team that has enough talent and enough capital uh, that – they he could build it in his image. He could make it his own team. And I don't know though. If you're losing JJ Watt, I it sounds like they're looking to deal DeAndre Hopkins. That could just improve the capital piece, but you know, takes away from the talent of that offense, which already lost Christian Kirk, which we see how good he actually ends up being in Jacksonville no. this year. So I don't know if they can take many more hits and still be a top-notch team and a a, a high-level destination for Harbaugh. But, you know, I think he could still make something happen with that squad. Yeah, for sure. So one one interesting team is is the Panthers, right? So the Panthers – they, they, it seems like maybe they keep Sam Darnold, maybe they don't. That's going to be a question for a different day. Um, whatever's going to happen there at their quarterback position is what it is. But who do you think would be the kind of coach that's going to come in for the Panthers? I like what Steve Wilkes did there, man. They played their asses off for him and almost won a division after Matt Rule got fired early, early, early on in the season. So I can't really see the Panthers wanting to play for anybody but Steve Wilkes. Is he a guy that can bring them really to the next level in the division? Yes. In the like playoffs and advance in the playoffs? Eh, probably not. So it really depends on what the goal is for, for the Panthers. If they're just looking to grow some, yes, Steve Wilkes. Outside of that, you know, there's a lot of names in this coaching carousel, and we've got all offseason to dive into the individual names, the Ben Johnsons of the world, the D'Amico Ryans, a ton of other great candidates. But uh, for now, I would my early my way too early guess is definitely C. Wilkes. All right, yeah. I mean, you know, for for the Panthers, I think I, I like I like what you said. I just I think one of these teams in that division got to get aggressive. Whether that be the Saints, they got to re- get aggressive again or rebuild because the the Buccaneers are going to be forced into a rebuild once Tom Brady's gone. I believe. Um, cause they they got now, they just got a whole bunch of older players. Yeah. So they're going to have to, they're going to have to break that down now that Tom Brady's leaving. Um, and then it's going to be a dog fight between the young Falcons, the young Panthers and the saints for whatever the saints have left. Yeah. So if I'm the Panthers, I, do I stick with Wilkes or do I go and get something significantly better? Cause like you said, like, yeah, you know, the players rally around them, but that only takes you so far. Like you, you right. got, you got to have that coach that not only, do, do they rally around them? But they also, you know, they go to that next level. And I think, you know, if this division is going to be up, you know, for grabs as much as it can be next year, 
I think they really got to take that seriously and, and get that top coach. Obviously, they're not going to get a Sean Payton or, or Jim Harbaugh. Well, you know, maybe Jim Harbaugh, maybe. I don't, you know, not really. But I definitely think, you know, hey, maybe Dan Quinn. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. Why not? When he was with the Falcons before and goes to a different team within the same division. That would be pretty sweet for Mr. Quinn if he ends up taking the Panthers past the Falcons in the division. But Falcons look solid, man. They they look like they've really got something coming together here. Um, it just really is going to depend on Desmond Ritter and and what his ceiling is. I like him. I, I think he could be maybe the best out of that class. But, you know, that's not saying a not whole lot. saying much about that the, the bar is currently set at Brock Purdy. So uh, we'll see how this class goes. Uh, but you mentioned a couple things, and really that whole division outside of Desmond Ritter. Desmond Ritter is literally the one quarterback that is kind of locked into a future in that division. Yeah. He will be at some point the longest tenured quarterback in that division, and it won't be very far away. If you look at the Bucks, they're probably making a move. If you look at the Saints, they're probably making a move. If you look at the Panthers, how long can you really trust Sam Darnold, right? He looked solid, don't get me wrong, but it, he can't be your answer, especially if you stick with Steve Wilkes. You're looking at two guys with decent floors but not very high ceilings. So yeah. it leads me to something in general. I just mentioned three teams that are in a little bit of a quarterback carousel. We've talked plenty about the coaching carousel, but this is for a later episode. However, there are 13 teams that I've got that have a question mark at the quarterback position. Just to quickly list them off. We've got the Raiders, the Titans, the Bucks, the Ravens, the Texans, the Colts, the Jets, the Panthers, the Saints, the Rams, the Seahawks, Commanders, and the Packers. None of them are absolutely certain who's going to be taking the first snap in week one next year. And that's wild. That's going to lead to a very exciting offseason, uh, which might end up being just as exciting as this season's been so far. So uh, that's for another day. But in terms of the promise, we just talked about, I, I like the Falcons. I think they're going to grow. I think with the, amount of games that they won a, with a really talent-depleted team, with the draft capital that they have, uh, money to spend in free agency, I like them to get better next year. Is better going to be enough to win the division? Probably, in my opinion. I th I think it's going to be, like you said, I think the Bucks take a step back. The Saints don't know what's going on right now. Um, and... The Panthers could give them a run, but it just kind of depends on what happens. You put a rookie head coach in there, you never know what you've got. So who else do you like that's a that as a team that really showed you that they're on the right track for next year? I mean, I'll be the homer. I'm gonna I'll go with the Detroit Lions. I'll I'll be yes. the guy. We I, I have to, you know, I sat here on Thanksgiving. And I, I gave Jared Goff this Dark Knight moniker, and I said the Lions have a very bright future. We didn't know what we were in store. We didn't know that it was going to literally come down to the last week of the regular season, yeah. and the Seahawks were going to pull off some BS that they had no business pulling off. Sorry, Geno Smith. Love the story. Really wish the Lions were there right now. Yeah. But 
you know, I have to say the Lions because Jared Goff is a top quarterback in this league. I'm not saying top five. That would be outrageous. But I think an argument can be made for top ten if I sit, sat down and I, I looked at all the quarterbacks in the league and I ranked them top ten or at least top 15 to where he's in the top half of the good quarterbacks in the league. On top of that, you got amazing young talent surrounding him. The wide receiver room is stacked. It is be- it's a beautiful situation for yeah. Jared Goff. He's happy to come to work every day. You have one thing to work on, and that is your defense. And that is the greatest thing. You want to know why? Draft. Free agency. You got the money. You got the draft picks. It's all solved. I think the Lions are coming in for everything next year because yeah. if anything showed me anything this year – is that they were, what, 1-6 and six at one point with the top offense in the NFL, and they worked on it, and they almost came back and almost were a really dangerous team in this playoffs because, as I said all the time, if you can score 30 in an NFL game, I don't care what defense you have, that can win you games here and there, and that could be dangerous for any playoff run. I'm 100% with you here, and let's talk about – we can talk about Lions offense all day. That Lions offense is electric. It's exciting to watch, obviously in good hands, and, you know, the only issue, Ben Johnson is interviewing elsewhere. If they lose their offensive coordinator, who knows what the impact that has, what impact that has. On the defensive side of the ball, every good defense in the NFL – is punctuated by at least one good defensive end. And damn it, they just found two of them in this most recent draft. Aiden Hutchinson is exactly as advertised. Justin Houston had eight sacks in a six-game span since he started playing for the Lions. All of a sudden, you've got two good defensive ends, and you can stop the run. The rest isn't that hard to figure out. Like I said, draft, they, they got all the draft capital. They got all the money in the world. It's, they get it's the not pick and hard also, puzzle to figure out now. Right, right. We, we, we'll we get into draft analysis and where we think they're going to go and everything at some point in the offseason. Again, plenty of time to talk about that. We got to save some time to talk about playoffs. Uh, but, man, I, I do wish we were talking about the Lions during the playoff segment. I'd be a lot more excited to talk uh, Niners versus Lions than I am Niners versus Seahawks. But, but this this will be our final shout out to Jared Goff for now. Big shout for out. Now. This is the big final shout out to Jared out Goff to Jared and Lions. Goff. But it is we it. Said it for, a lot. For but now. give me so we we talked about two teams that we think are going to ultimately improve next year and you know ultimately improve overall over the next few years. We you think the Falcons, I think the Lions. Yep. What about a team that takes a step back? Give me Let's one go. of those guys. I've got two here. Uh, So I really think, and this one can be summarized pretty quickly. It's the, it's really the Titans. I I don't see it lasting. I think it's a team that was really built on the back of Derrick Henry and he's getting older. And by the time they have a quarterback that really can get moving, Derrick Henry's not going to be able to carry this team on his back any longer. He's a 30 year old running back and you know, this guy has had crazy endurance, but he's also had some injuries and he, the body breaks down. It's, it's sad. You know, I'm not as good as I once was and I'm 32 years old. So <laughs> it's Derek Henry's not going to have it in him to bring this team in the playoffs. Like they used to be a, a mainstay in 
Traylon Burks is a huge downgrade from A.J. Brown. Malik Wills is a huge downgrade from Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill is getting older as well. The defense just isn't looking quite as good. Mike Rabel has kind of lost some of his magic. He's not getting his team in situations where his little decision-making can make the huge impact and his like beautiful mind coaching style can really sway a game. So I think it's over for the Titans. One that I think is going to be a little bit more of a discussion because I know you feel a little differently. I also wanted to throw some shade at the New York Jets. I think the Jets are donezo. I think this quarterback quandary is going to last long enough where some of the talent that they have, this young talent, Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall, uh, Sauce Gardner, these are guys that are going to have to get paid at some point. I know we're a ways away from that. These are rookies Mm -hmm. we're talking about. But by the time you extend one or two or three of these guys, uh, you're they're talking about paying big money to a quarterback. Unless they can get somebody that's ready to win now, now, then I don't think the Jets are going to be in for much longer. And I, I don't know. I, I agree and I disagree. I think what it's going to take is luck that we are not going to be able to see with our eye because they're – I think like one of two things are going to happen. It's either Zach Wilson's going to get his shit together and he's going to be the quarterback. Well, okay, one of three things. Zach Wilson's going to get his shit together and he's going to be the quarterback that the Jets need him to be. They're going to get either that that's not going to happen or they get a quarterback. You know, luckily some big name quarterback comes and, you know, does what they need. Like, you know, an Aaron Rodgers, for example, comes and gives them what they need. Um, even though he's on his decline, it would kind of be like Russell Wilson-esque if he goes to the Jets. Or none of that happens, and like you said, they fall apart. But what they are blessed with right now is time. Because one thing I want to point out is that this year they were 7-10, and but for the longest this season, we were talking about whether they'd make the playoffs or not. And while that was happening, they were transitioning between Joe Flacco, Mike White, And Zach Wilson, they had no fucking idea what they were doing any given time of the week. And when they did, they weren't confident that they were going to win. Media was all over the place. Everything was bad. But the talent around them propelled them to to, to the point that they were. So I think you get either a semi-improved Zach Wilson or you just get a better quarterback. And I think that is legitimately the fix. And they got nothing but time to do so because they got, what, three, four years before they have to pay all these guys? I yeah. think that's more than enough time. So I, that's the only reason why I would say the Jets aren't, you know, I'm not jumping right to, ah, JTS, they're done. But the team that I want to jump on um, kind of a little bit differently is the Ravens. And this is only if they lose Lamar Jackson. So I think if the Ravens don't retain Lamar Jackson, I think it's going to be easy to see that the Ravens, like that, that's their team. And, yeah, I might, I might be going with the obvious pick here. Um, but I think that's it. I think they're going to learn to appreciate what they have when it's already gone. Lamar Jackson's going to go somewhere else. I don't know where it is. Hey, maybe it's the Jets. But he's going to go somewhere else. And, wow, that's actually interesting. But Because I, I could see him in New York. That would be crazy. I could see but, it too. But that's where quarterbacks go to die, man. <laughs> he can't oh, follow yeah. Flacco. Yeah. From the Ravens to the Jets and then fizzle <laughs> out in the same manner. It's just not good. Not good. 
But yeah, I mean, I, I just genuinely think Lamar Jackson is the Ravens. I think they're going to see that once he's gone and they're going to have a really horrible season next year, like something like really bad. Like I'm not saying 0-17, but I think they're going to have a very, very bad season. But um, my less obvious choice here, and we're going to cut this because – oh, yeah, okay. My less obvious choice here – You want me to take, do a quick take on the Ravens? Yeah, if you want. Go ahead. Yeah. I don't know if the Ravens are really done without Lamar. It really depends on what they fill him in with. Because if you look at John Harbaugh's track record pre-Lamar, what a Super Bowl with Joe Flacco, man. It's But that's when Joe Flacco was arguably a top 15 quarterback in the league. Top, you know, yeah. not top 10, but like right outside of that top 10. So that's the thing, man. It's it's not that crazy to find. Like if you throw a, a, dart, amazing a dark room, defense. you've got a – 33% chance to land a top 10 guy. And, you know, it, it's not that ridiculous to say you're going to end up with another top 15 quarterback. And that defense is elite right now. That Roquan Smith signing makes the Ravens scary on defense. And they played lights out in the second half of the season. Roquan Smith is the second coming of Ray Lewis for that team right now. And I don't say that lightly. That's high praise and I'm slinging it around right now because Roquan Smith is the real deal I just he is don't get me wrong love him it was a great signing it, it did pay off because it got them to this point um with you know Lamar Jackson missing as many games as he did um they, they were able to stay afloat um as much as they could but I just I don't know Lamar Jackson is the Ravens I'm gonna you know what that that's gonna be Tom's intuition Lamar Jackson is the Ravens, and if the Ravens lose him, they will suffer. That's Tom's intuition for the day. So, and one other thing that you said that I really need to jump on, Lovey Smith, leaving the Texans with two middle fingers in the air, that was pretty cool. I mean, I feel terrible for Jeff Saturday because the only team you beat is the Raiders, who were prehistorically awful this year. And you almost beat the Texans, who really, really wanted to lose that game more than anything in the world, except for Lovey Smith. He wanted to win. He talks his players into it. And, man, what an exit. That's great for him. Uh, I, I, I love it because it's like, you know, you think about it. You got Lovey Smith, Brandon Cooks, David Mills. They all know they're gone or they want to go. And they all were just like, and let's win this game. Out. And it's like you said with Jeff Saturday, it's crazy because, you know, he got hired as a head coach. The media was like, what are you guys doing? We were all like, let's go because we love the memes. We, we, we love memes. Yeah. So we loved it. Beats the Raiders. But then everything just got really, really bad week after week. They had the worst. Uh, they gave up the worst comeback ever to the Vikings. Yeah. Um, they and then And then this. And it's for the Texans and Lovey Smith, I want to give him a shout out. And the reason why I want to give him a shout out is because this year, even though the Texans won two games, they were in a lot of games this year. Surprisingly, they were in a lot of games. And I think he deserves a little more recognition for the job that he did. Obviously, two wins is not something that at the end of the day you want to be harping over like, oh, yeah, I won two games. And I was close in a lot of others. That's not something you want to sit here and be excited about. But it's the Texans. David David Mills is probably the worst quarterback in the entire league. 
maybe he's at least in the discussion. Um, if, if there's not any anyone worse, like maybe Hobbs or you know, there's there's guys that are worse. But with the team that he had and all of everything that surrounded the Texans this year, and how bad that they were supposed to be, you know, to not be the worst team in the league, to flip your middle fingers up on the way out to be in as many games as you were. Like, you drove the Eagles crazy. You drove the Cowboys crazy. You just, week in and week out, you were in games. And I think that's worth looking at if you're, again, maybe a team like the Panthers looking for that. Like, again, if he can come in and convince a whole 52 guys to win a game and just say a fuck you to the franchise, I want that guy on my team. If he can convince the whole team to do that, two-point two conversion on the last play, yes! Give me some Levy Smith. Yes. And honestly, I can't think of a better franchise for this to happen to. He's an okay enough head coach where he can win him enough games to absolutely shaft the Texans. If you're not going to give the guy an honest shot, don't give him a shot at all. I'm very mad at the Texans, if you can't tell. So I just don't understand why they brought him on board if they didn't want him to at least try and then get pissed at him once he does. I'm glad they don't get the number one pick. That's all I got to say on it. And Davis Mills is somebody that could have been an okay quarterback. He showed enough last year. He had more problems than guys like Zach Wilson did. And we still believe in him, right? He's a first-round quarterback, not necessarily like top-notch number one overall pick, but somebody could have coached him up if you brought in the right guy. But instead you brought in Lovey Smith. That's what I've got to say to the Texans. All right, and that's fair enough. That is definitely fair enough. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think we, we've we covered all the – not all the craziness because we got quarterbacks to talk about. We're going to talk about that down the line. But we got the playoffs to talk about. We do. We do. So I here's how here's how we're going to do it. So we decided we're going to have a bracket competition. We're, we're going to lay it down. We're going to we're going to see who has the most perfect bracket, the most perfect picks. And this week we're gonna we're gonna go in depth on obviously the first round matchups, give a little insight on the bye teams as well. Um, so I, I say let's start this off with, in my my opinion, the most interesting matchup that we have: Jaguars, Chargers. Who do you got, Bill? Uh, I've got the Chargers here, and the so real quick the Vegas implied total it's about forty seven point over under. Uh, with Chargers by three is the current line. I do think the Chargers pull this out. I think the Chargers have a lot to play for. I think Brandon Staley particularly has a lot to play for because there are rumors on the street that he was this job, he's gone. And players like Brandon Staley. Herbert likes Brandon Staley. I think Herbert is the guy that's more ready to win right now out of the two quarterbacks. I think Lawrence may go on to have the better career. But Herbert's more ready right now. Keenan Allen and Mike Williams are more ready right now as well. But this hinges a little bit on Mike Williams being healthy. But even if he's not, I think they could still squeak one out. Uh, Austin Eckler should run rampant. Uh, Just in receiving wise, he should run rampant. Jacksonville's pretty stout against the actual rush attack. Uh, but I got the Chargers here. I got the Chargers 27 to 24. Oh, close game too. Wow, that would be sweaty. I'm uh, I'm going to shock the world here, and I'm going to go with the Jacksonville Jaguars. And the reason is, is because I've seen this all too much before with Doug Peterson 
being the quarterback of my team and all the the amazing wins that he's gotten for us. And I just don't believe in the Chargers whatsoever this season. I know I counted them out of the playoffs. Here they are. And it might be a situation where I'm like, the Chargers are just going to lose every week until they lose. But I just, I don't believe in it. And it's not necessarily Herbert. I'm not going to go as far as Bill and say that Herbert's going to have lesser of a career than Trevor Lawrence. That's a, that's a, a debate we can have a different day. But... I like the Jaguars because they showed me something this year. They showed me a little clutch gene that is going to be necessary for this first round of the playoffs that I don't think the Chargers have. I don't think the Chargers are going to be ready for, for what the ja- the Jaguars are going to possess and obtain. Um, I like Trevor Lawrence. He's been in these situations before. Um, Doug Peterson, been in these situations before. I like the duo. I, I have to, I'm going with the Jaguars, and if, if you want to score – you know what? I got You know what? I got 27-24 Jaguars. All right. So I I wouldn't be shocked if if it's 24 all going into the fourth quarter, we'll be on the phone for uh for that game with the goal whoever's got it. Son uh, of a bitch. <laughs> uh so it really I think the the Chargers defense is going to be what is going to make or break them here. I think they're going to need at least a, a couple turnovers. And I think they're primed to get it. I, I think they're getting healthy at the right time as a team. And I think you really forget how banged up this Chargers team was. They were the most injured team in the NFL. And they looked bad early on. And then all of a sudden they lock in the top wild card seed in a pretty competitive AFC. Uh, so they literally jumped over the whole AFC East, which was all ahead of them at it, a decent way into the season, not super late, but still uh, they jumped over a lot of teams to get to that five seed. Uh, So they are hot and, you know, not that Jacksonville is not, they're one of the hottest teams in the NFL. Uh, Just, I think the chargers have showed it against some higher talent. However, do you want to swing back uh, when they played very early in the season? Jaguars did win that matchup 38 to 10. So Jaguars showed that they, what they can do against the chargers, but I think the Chargers learned a lot since then, and they are a far different team. I do think they take it. Yeah, that's that's definitely some fair points there. I just so on to our know. other Saturday matchup uh, to wrap up our Saturday slate, which is pretty incredible. I love Saturday football, man. Nothing I love more than a full weekend of football. Uh, to our other Saturday, games. you were right. You hit it on the head. Saturday football is pretty amazing. I didn't pay attention to how amazing it was until you brought it up. It feels great. It, it's like it's like your appetizer to your Sunday slate. You get two games on Saturday, and then you you get the full three. I'm here for uh, so it. You got football from one until bedtime on Sunday. It's pretty great. And then so, you just get the craziest matchup of the playoffs on Monday. Yep, yep. And Monday night is not going to be a lot down either. But uh, to finish up Saturday first, we've got Seattle at San Francisco. I've got San Francisco in a landslide here. Uh, I don't think it's ever going to seem close. I think it's probably going to be a game where they really try to build some confidence in a rookie quarterback, uh, Brock Purdy. And I think they're going to give him a lot of easy stuff to do against a Seattle defense. That's easy enough to do it against. And I really think this is going to be something down the lines of 30 to six. Okay. Um, 
I'm going to disagree, but I do think the 49ers are going to win before everyone kills me. I do think the 49ers <laughs> are still going to win. Um, however, I have to I have to look at it for what it is. It's that the 49ers have a lot of pressure here, and the Seahawks have nothing in the world to lose whatsoever. They got Geno Smith as their quarterback. They got Pete Carroll, who's just – Loving everybody and smiling. I think win or lose, he's going to be in a great mood um, because no matter what, Seahawks, they have a great draft pick. And, like, it's just no matter what happens at this point in the Seahawks season, it's a great conclusion. They made the playoffs. Geno Smith, pro bowler. You know, DK Metcalf didn't take a step back. It's just like everything just – everything was solid. And I I just think – I think the 49ers win, but I think it's going to be close. I think it will be within a touchdown – I'm going to go, I'm going to say 33 to 27, 33 to 27. I think that's six points. Yeah, I think it'll be a six-point difference. I think the the Seahawks will make it very, very interesting, but fall short. We've got a barn burner on our hands if it's 33-27. I'd love to see that. Don't get me wrong. That's the first game of the whole slate. So if we can get off to that kind of start, damn, it's going to be a rip-roaring weekend for football, but... Uh, I don't think we're going to really see many fireworks from Seattle. Uh, If you look at Seattle and what they've done against the Niners this season, first game, 27 to seven Niners win. Second game is 21 to 13 Niners win. Uh, First game was pre Brock Purdy. So Niners 27 points was a little bit more common around that time. Uh, The second game, 21 points to, to Seattle's 13 I don't know exactly what San Francisco is going to score here. That's kind of the question mark. But if you look at where Seattle landed in week one, it was seven points. And then if you look at where they would have landed otherwise, if it weren't for a Noah Fant garbage time touchdown with about three minutes left, uh, they it was 21 to six with three minutes, three and a half minutes left in their second matchup. So really them scratching double digits barely happen in one of the matchups with that said it's damn hard to beat a team three times in one season you definitely learn things when you face a team twice and you get the chance to face them a third time which is the lucky opportunity when it's a divisional matchup like this uh, which we get three of that we're blessed with this this year in the playoffs uh, but the divisional matchup, maybe you're right. It could be close if, if Seattle did learn a bunch. But I think I think the Niners are way too. I mean, dope. like I said, talent alone, I think you know the 49ers win. But again, I'm, I'm I still wouldn't even be shocked if the Seahawks is a, a, a shocker that ruins a whole bunch of parlays like this yeah. weekend. Just because, like I said, I mean, it's just it's something weird. It's just in, in my soul that I just feel like yeah. the Seahawks are just not going to go down quietly. And maybe they break some hearts, just maybe, yep. because like I said, it's Geno Smith, it's Pete Carroll. These guys are going to be like out there on that field, like with that Jeff Saturday mindset, like no matter what happens, like I cannot be torn down today. Yeah. And I, that, that is scary, especially when the 49ers are going to have that pressure of and Brock Purdy. He's a rookie quarterback at the end of the day. Who knows? Maybe he's just nervous and just shits the bed. Who knows? Or he's the next Tom Brady. But always the next Tom Brady from a betting standpoint, the way I'm looking at it, it really, if you, the implied total, it's 27 to 17. It's 
San Francisco should be about 27. Seattle should be about 17. Seattle hasn't gotten to 17 points yet. So against the Niners and the Niners defense has only gotten better. Uh, so unless you think they can come up with some magic and you think Geno Smith is made out of the, the clutch stuff and Pete Carroll is made out of the clutch stuff, which we haven't seen any out of really either one of these guys of that in their careers. If you think this season hasn't been clutch in itself, I don't know, man. Yeah, they we're not supposed to be here at all. Not even right. close. We weren't even but- supposed to sniff it. Just remember that, like, they weren't supposed to sniff it, but when it came down to it, they barely beat Baker Mayfield and the Rams in order to squeak in. So You got a point. You got a point. Yeah, so that's the momentum that they're currently riding. So I wouldn't mind trying to, to get a little parlay here of San Francisco over their team total, Seattle under their team total, because I think this could be a bit of a landslide. I like that a whole lot more than the uh, just the – alternative spread so for sure so moving on to sunday we got your dolphins kicking it off against the bills um i'm i'm going i'm going with the bills i just i think it's unfortunate for the dolphins here because like i said the most important thing for the dolphins was going to be if before the playoffs you guys had the entire team on the Mm -hmm. field building that chemistry just didn't happen um two is going to play right two is out two is out so I, I don't believe in this team without Tua. Um, it, it's just not a complete team. It's I, I think, you know, I, I even I even see it in the Dolphins. Like, their mentality is just, let's get to next year, but let's make the playoffs just to at least, yeah. you know, they had a season that was worthy of the playoffs. It would have sucked if you guys didn't make it. Yeah. But um, I, I just see it's, it's going to – no more real commentary for me besides I just think the Bills just take care of business here. Yeah, I think it's just a sad way to go out ultimately, and it, it's the Josh Allen. Yeah, you gotta listen. You gotta respect to his health first, and I do appreciate that this isn't a decision that's in his hands. This is a decision that's currently in the medical staff's hands, and they didn't clear him to play. And they're certainly doing their job here, and it sucks, but it's for the best. The worst part is I saw Teddy Bridgewater on the sideline last week, so I I had hope that he was going to be able to be our starting quarterback against the Bills and give us a snowball's chance. But now we have Skylar Thompson, our seventh-round rookie in that quarterback. Uh, So he's from Kansas State. He's played in the cold. I'm not worried about him in the weather. What I'm worried about is that he's a seventh-round rookie. And uh, there's – parallels to him and Brock Purdy. And we just don't know exactly what we've got in Skylar Thompson just yet, but man, that offense did not look great uh, with him against the Jets last week. Jets are great defense. Don't get me wrong. I I think the Jets defense is right there with the bills uh, in terms of talent. So, Hey, if he can beat the Jets, great, but he did it with nine points off of all field goals. And then the safety, which is not credit to him in the slightest. Uh, So, I don't know if the Dolphins can get to 20 points here. I can see our defense possibly slowing Josh Allen down, getting him down under around the 20-point mark. But, man, if we can't find a way to scrap for three touchdowns here, we don't have a chance. Uh, yeah. And I don't really see it happening with Skylar Thompson, unfortunately. 
Uh, Mike McDaniel was brought in because he was a creative guy. Uh, the 49ers last year had the most creative rushing attack in the league. Uh, they did it with some Raheem Mostert. They did it with some Jeff Wilson. Raheem Mostert is probably also out, and he looked great last week. I do wish we at least had our best running back, in my opinion. But overall, we're just going out sad. And uh, with that said, there is some hope for next year. But that really hinges on to a both wanting to continue being able to continue and uh the the team having faith in his ability to continue and then him staying healthy and i don't know if it means he's gonna yeah. have to wear a guardian helmet all year or what but it, hey i'm all for it if we can get him to stay healthy if he wants to stay healthy yeah i, I didn't give a score there but i'm going with 34 to 10 they're gonna yeah. score a touchdown off of mike mcdaniel something crazy but that's it and then a field goal yeah, I, by all means, I fully expect at least one big fluke play. And, you know, I feel <laughs> glad we're on the same that. page with that. <laughs> yeah, but I, I'm going 35 13. I, I think it, it very well could be 42 49. I, I think it's going to be emotional. I actually expect Damar Hamlin to be on site for that game. I expect him to greet the crowd. And they will be rip-roaring. And honestly, all the Dolphins fans that are there, too. I have some friends that are going over to the game. And I know they'll be standing up and cheering just as loud as Bill's fans for DeMar Hamlin if he walks out on that field. But, man, it's going to be an emotional environment. And I don't think Dolphins are nearly equipped for it. Uh, Buffalo should outmatch him big time. So, not a whole lot more to say on that one. For sure. So, moving on to the next we get something a little bit more exciting, a lot more dramatic, um, the Giants and the Vikings. So I'll let you start this one off. Yeah, I don't know <laughs> if it really tops the drama of the Bills. Uh, you, I don't know if you can top that drama, but uh, it should be a lot closer of a game for sure. That, that, uh, so, that, that kind of drama. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Minnesota, again, like you said, negative point differential. They're built for close games, and Giants really know how to keep a game close too. When they played very recently, Minnesota took the win 27-24. to 24. Uh, I had it 26-23, and that is the implied total as well. Uh, so it, it's either 26-23 or 25-22, depending on what the over-under is, where you're looking. Uh, but it, it's been between 47 and 49. It's been hovering right there. So I've got Minnesota taking this 26-23. Giants have a solid defense. I do think they're going to lock Justin Jefferson down. But with Irv Smith back, all of a sudden you have two capable pass-catching tight ends with him and Hawkinson, who's even better, obviously. You have K.J. Osborne really coming alive. And then Dalvin Cook, surprise, healthy at this point of the season. It's crazy. You never see Dalvin Cook healthy at this point of the season. So I I actually thought he got hurt, and I thought he was going to be out. For this week, I thought he, I saw him get hurt, and it looked worse than it apparently it was. I thought we were going to see the Alexander Madison show, uh, but even that I like against the Giants a bit. So really, I think it's going to be probably the best game uh, in terms of being close the whole way out of the whole weekend. But um, I do have Minnesota taking it. On a, it's going to be a game winner, whether it's a game winning touchdown with under a minute left or a game winning field goal. But I got 26 23. Yeah, I'm going, uh, I'm going 20 to 14 Vikings. Um, I think, I think the defense for the, the Giants is going to shine. And then obviously, I don't think their offense is, you know, 
good enough to, you know, crush the Vikings in any kind of way. Um, th- this game could go either way, in my opinion. I don't, I don't think it's for sure the Vikings. I'm going with the Vikings because I'm going to put my faith in a 13-win team, even though they got a negative, um, you know, score differential. But I will, I'll take the Vikings here. I just, I, I like what the Giants have. And if they do get past the Vikings, like I had told you, very dangerous team moving forward with the momentum that they'd have and the team that they do have and the coaching and, and everything that they have. Um, but I, I think the Vikings get it done. They, they got the talent. Um, I, I think 20 to 14 in overtime, um, you know, no field goals. Screw it. Who needs field goals when you're going to have a Justin Jefferson touchdown, a Saquon Barkley touchdown? You know what? Two Justin Jefferson touchdowns, a Saquon Barkley touchdown, a Daniel Jones rushing touchdown to tie the game to go into overtime. And then a third Justin Jefferson touchdown to win the game. Why not? <laughs> Why not? <laughs> yeah. So I think uh, one no, of Dalvin Cook that... will score. Dalvin oh, Cook will score once. That's fair. Yeah. I, I can see that. I, I really think it's going to be the Cook, the Hawkinson, the Osborne show um, with a little bit of Irv Smith sprinkled in, maybe a little Thielen for good measure. But I, I think Jefferson's going to have a pedestrian, like six for 60, something like that. He'll he'll make a little impact, but it's not going to be nuts. I don't think it's going to be nuts. Um, I think playoff Justin Jefferson will have his time to shine. The good news is this is a Sunday afternoon game, so you at least get a decent version of Kirk Cousins since it's not a primetime game. Uh, but I don't still think on TV, man. Spread. Right, I I just uh, don't think it's going to get spread to Justin Jefferson quite as frequently as normal. Uh, one player to watch on the Giants, somebody that's really come alive in the second half of the season, is Isaiah Hodgins. Uh, that's not a great receiving corpse, but Hodgins has looked very good over the second half of the season here. So uh, Minnesota's got a very beatable secondary. I could see him going for over 100 yards receiving. Uh, so I'll talk about him a little bit more in my Bills block, uh, talking about fantasy later on. For sure. So – you know, moving on to the next uh, game here, Ravens and Bengals. I think this this can be quick. I'm going. I'm going Bengals here um, for a score. I'll I'll just go 24 to to six. Um, yeah. I just I don't really think it's it's going to be close. I just think the Bengals are going to take care of business and move on. I wish they'd flex the Giants and Vikings to prime time just to fuck with Kirk Cousins, but I feel like they did this on purpose. <laughs> Um, and they weren't going to put the Bills and the Dolphins in the last slot. And they were also probably expecting Lamar Jackson to play at the same time. Agreed. Um, because, you know, it's the last game of the season. Why not? Why isn't Lamar Jackson playing? But at the same time, I personally am glad that Lamar Jackson um, isn't playing. It sucks for the NFL. But because um, I want to see him play. I would, yeah. I would love to see Lamar Jackson play. And I think he could even beat the Bengals if he was playing. Agreed. Um, but maybe he just surprises us all and just comes out of nowhere and just plays. I know he's missed yeah. all the practices. Maybe he wakes up and, you know, he's a hero for Baltimore. But Which is not saying much because Baltimore sucks. But um, when it comes to that game, you know, Bengals are going to take care of business. And Lamar Jackson, just take care of your health. Gets a free agency. You know, Baltimore should have locked him down already. He, he's the team. Um, it's stupid at this point that he, that he wasn't paid. I mean, yeah, injuries, whatever, but I I think the Bengals are running away with this and that's, that's all I really got to say. Yeah. I I think from a Lamar standpoint for Lamar, it's 
absolutely no brainer that he needs to sit this one out. Uh, yes. So from a contract standpoint, do not put yourself out there with one hobbled leg. That's the recipe to end up screwing up the other leg. It's if you go out there at half health, especially with his style of play, you know, instinct's going to take over. The adrenaline's going to kick in. He's going to do what it takes to get first downs. He's going to do what it takes to get touchdowns. It, and what it takes is going to end up being one of his legs. And yeah. I don't want to see this guy sacrifice his future, uh, even if it is with the Jets. But I just don't want Lamar to end up screwing himself over with this. I think if they paid him already, he'd be out there. And I think oh, yeah. the Ravens sure. need to eat that right now. They need to understand that. And at the same time, it's possible that the Ravens are looking to get back to a pocket passer where they aren't going to have to worry about injury nearly as much as you do with a mobile quarterback. Because if you look at the mobile quarterbacks in the NFL outside of Josh Allen, who's stayed very healthy miraculously, the guy that takes the least regard for his body, it ends up being one that stays healthiest the longest. And, you know, fingers crossed, knock on wood, that he does stay healthy. I don't like the guy, but I wouldn't wish that upon him in the slightest. Uh, but if you look at, like, Kyler, if you look at Lamar, if you look at other mobile quarterbacks, they don't tend to stay very healthy. Even Justin Fields couldn't finish the season. Uh, you ended up seeing a little bit of Nathan Peterman here so uh, in Week 18. So eh, it was maybe a little on purpose. It may be a little, <laughs> little. But, you know, I think they're looking to get back to some reliability. So uh, this might be the Ravens kind of punting away the season here, which it sucks when you have two teams in one day that are both starting essentially third-string quarterbacks. But – I, I I'm with you. I had a score pretty similar. I just wish you gave Justin Tucker, who's probably the best player on that field that night, a little bit more credit. I've got him getting nine points instead of your six, uh, but <laughs> I've got 27-9 Bengals winning. All right, fair enough. Now we have an amazing Monday night matchup to conclude the first round. We're going to have 45-year-old Tom Brady on maybe his last leg, maybe not. We don't know. But we're all going to watch, and it's going to be exciting. We're going to watch the legend Tom Brady go against the Dallas Cowboys, who we don't know what we're going to get out of this team. Because, you know, when I, when I look at the Dallas Cowboys, and you know what? I'm going to say it right here. I think the Buccaneers are going to win. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start my take with that. Let me set the scene. I, I get it. You know, the Buccaneers, they're going in with a losing record. Tom Brady's 45. He just obviously he's he's taken a step back. We can finally all say that that Tom Brady has finally taken a step back. That everybody has said every single year, oh, he's gonna take a step back. Finally happened this year. But I I just look at the Cowboys and it's the Cowboys. If anyone thinks they're not about to cowboy it up, I'm sorry, they are. But you know, if they would have went into the into the the playoffs at the point where they had destroyed the Vikings and then they beat the the Giants and then they had you know destroyed the Colts, you know you would have had me there. You would have you would have had me, and I would have said the Cowboys are going to handle them. But then now they struggled against the Texans. They lost in overtime to the Jaguars. That was an embarrassing game. And then they they got they barely survived the Eagles with Gardner Minshew. Who was, who was struggling. I mean, yeah, he dropped 34 points, but he still struggled through that game. And, and, like, it was like the Cowboys, it was like the game of their life. Like, they were fighting back and forth with Gardner Minshew. And then Tennessee, 
all these teams are smacking Tennessee and you beat them by two touchdowns, which, okay, it is what it is. But you lost really, 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 really badly. And Dak Prescott played just about that entire game. And he was dog water, hot dog water. Dak Prescott was one of the worst quarterbacks I had ever watched in that Commanders game. And it's not like they didn't have anything to fight for. They The Eagles didn't. They weren't winning that game until about halftime. And Dak Prescott, that whole first half, it just wasn't there. And I don't know. I just, they're not coming in with momentum. And it's Tom Brady. I don't care what anyone tells me. It is Tom Brady. You need to have momentum. If you think Tom Brady's just going to go down a 45-year-old nothing, mistaken. Highly mistaken. Highly, highly mistaken. This Cowboys team is good. I just I can't see it. I'm sorry. I I hear you on that. I it's very hard to count out Tom Brady. And listen, you do not have to question the stakes of this game. There's a whole lot more to this game at stake than just who goes on to play the Eagles the following week. And by all means, Cowboys would love to, but so would Tom Brady. Uh, the Eagles knocked him out. Uh, when he was in the AFC and he saw them in the playoffs. So by all means, he would absolutely love to to take the Eagles out again, just like he did last year. But listen, Mike McCarthy might be coaching for his livelihood right now. This could be the last game we see Mike McCarthy coach for the Cowboys if they end up losing this game. Uh, this is also potentially the last game we see Tom Brady quarterback for the Bucks if they lose this game. So. I think both of these teams know that if they don't win this, this is the shakeup starts now. And I don't think there's a person on the field that feels very secure about their job uh, outside of, you know, there are linemen and contracts and stuff. There aren't many people that feel great about their futures if they lose this game. So everyone wants to make it last another week. I think these are going to be two teams that are going to play their hearts out, but I don't think the Bucs are talented enough, man. And they did get a little healthier toward the end of the year. They got some linemen back. They got Tristan Wirfs back, I believe. They're looking better. And they have maybe an iota of momentum, except for the fact that the Falcons smashed them too. It's just at least Brady wasn't playing that whole game. Uh, But they're, you know, if they're at like this level trajectory, and maybe like a slightly downward slope where Dak fell off the damn cliff with that really like back-to-back pick six type throws and a bunch he, of other just. He was what, nine for 29 mess. by the end of yeah. it? It was awful, awful play. But Dak bounces back, man. It's all about the hip thrust. You know that. All He, he knows what he has to do. If you listen to one of the, our previous podcasts, he knows he just needs to take the hip thrusts more serious before this playoff uh, game. I'll be damned and, if I see those hip thrusts. If you see it, I expect you to change the line. It's too late to do it on the podcast, but damn it, you better hedge your bet if you see that. But that and then that, God, you might have me, Bill. But when when I think about it, though, it's like when you think about Tom Brady and you think about his career – Every time that, you know, a big storyline game, a big game where it was like, is Tom Brady done? The answer to that question was always no. 
And I don't expect that answer to, to that question. I would be shocked. I would be shocked if he gets destroyed. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if, like, you know, it's a close game and he loses. But I'd be shocked if he gets destroyed. Absolutely yeah. shocked. I, and I do agree with that. I think no matter what, Tom's going to have at least an okay game. I don't think playoff Tom Brady is capable of an awful game by any means. But he's also destroyed a lot of narratives this year. Uh, he's destroyed the winning season, winning record narrative. Uh, he had a nice little undefeated the season. The could have been a lot worse. The season could have been a lot worse. He had, what, I think three or four game-winning touchdown drives by the end of yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah, but he's still clutch. Just remember that it took three or four game-winning touchdown drives to even scratch and claw to eight and nine. So if you think about how bad this team should be, if you took them and put them in a different division where they weren't getting to play against the Saints, the Falcons, (laughs) and the Panthers, I don't know, man. I don't. I don't know if they even scratch and claw to six wins. But remember, every time the Cowboys have gotten into a position in our last, like, what, 20 years of living our life, every single time they've gotten into a position where it should be just, you know, bang, bang, Dallas Cowboys, you know, too good to be true. This should be handed to them. And the next week's opponent would be the Eagles. I'm sure the Cowboys would love to face the Eagles. They want to play us. I'm sure they do. But that's why it's too good to be true. I don't think the Cowboys got it in them, man. Yeah. But speaking I mean, of the Eagles. Oh, go ahead. My apologies. I think I think America would like to see that too. I, I think America's seen plenty of Tom Brady in the divisional round. I, I think we're ready for Eagles Cowboys, but you're absolutely right. It's at least twenty five years that they just have been made of letdowns. So I want to see it. I, I've got Cowboys here. I, I've got Cowboys twenty four twenty one. Uh I think it's going to be close, but I do think Cowboys take it. I got I got Buccaneers 17 to 13. All right. I rough quarterback. One play. last game winning touchdown for Tom Brady this season. Let's see it. So that wraps up for our opening round. So real quick, uh, that means for me, I've got the 49ers. I've got the uh, Los Angeles Chargers, got the Buffalo Bills, the Minnesota Vikings, Cincinnati Bengals, and the Dallas Cowboys. The two games where we differ, uh, Tom does have Jacksonville Jaguars taking down the Chargers, and he's got the Bucks taking down the Cowboys. So it's our four and five seeds that we differed on. So our brackets do look the same aside from those teams. Tom, do you have either the Jaguars or the Bucks taking down the one seeds in their respective conferences? No. I don't either. Uh, so I do have the Eagles and the Chiefs advancing in the next round. So we both have Buffalo. This is exciting versus, to be an Eagles fan, man. Right, right. So we both have <laughs> Buffalo versus Cincinnati on the other side in the AFC. And we have Minnesota versus San Francisco in the other side in the NFC. Uh, first off, Buffalo versus Cincinnati. Who do you have? Um, I got Buffalo. Um, I'm I'm just I'm I'm gonna say it now, and I hope I don't get canceled. But the script is set. I have I have the Bills, and that's all I, I'll say. Is the script is set. 
I understand I've got the Bills in that matchup as well. Uh, so over to Minnesota versus San Francisco. Who you got? This is where I'm going to sound like a complete jackass. And this is where I'm going to completely shock the world. I'm going to go with Minnesota. The worst 13-win team ever it ends up in your NFC Championship, according to Tom. I do have San Francisco there. And I have San Francisco uh, going. So that's that means we have San Francisco. I have San Francisco going up against the Eagles. You have the Vikings going up against the Eagles. I have San Francisco taking down the Eagles and San Francisco as your NFC champion. Uh, who do you have in Vikings versus Eagles? I think I'd make it this far. Um, you know, because it's like you got to think of a good Super Bowl loser. And, you know, I think I think the storyline makes sense if the Vikings get to the Super Bowl and lose. So, you know what? For whatever reason, I'm going to sit on this podcast and say that the Minnesota Vikings are going to get to the Super Bowl. I don't even know how I ended up here, but the Minnesota Vikings are going to beat my Eagles this time. Um, I, I just, I don't know. They're, like I said, it's just a lot of media attention on the Vikings that I just can't ignore right now, and I've been realizing that through this podcast. And I, I got the Vikings. They're not going to they're not gonna win uh, the Super Bowl, but I got the Vikings. All right. So it, I already know that you have the Bills on the other side. Uh, taking down the Chiefs, who we both agreed it would be Bills versus Chiefs. I am going to differ a little here. I'm going to say the Chiefs take it. And listen, I wouldn't be shocked if the script is in. I wouldn't be shocked if Bills do uh, really ride this emotional wave, as they should. Uh, by all means, you have to deal with that amount of shit. You might as well take the, the good that comes from it and that – extreme positive emotion that exists in Buffalo right now. Uh, but I do think the chiefs are too much to, to handle. I think they really have a lot of, a lot of weapons to spread the ball around with. I think between Isaiah Pacheco and Jarek McKinnon, all of a sudden they have some good backfield uh, tandem and they have Kadarius Tony, who's looking like an absolute stud that the Giants should not have gotten rid of because they could really use some wide receiver help right now. We might be looking at that Giants-Minnesota game a little differently if Tony was still there. Uh, but, man, I, I think the Chiefs end up going down to the 49ers in the Super Bowl. So I think Christian McCaffrey and Brock Purdy are all it's going to take uh, for the 49ers to end up taking down the Super Bowl this, this year. Well... I got the Bills beating the Chiefs because I think if the if the Bills are going to see the Chiefs again, um, one, they have so much uh, fuel and motivation um, from DeMar Hamlin alone. Uh, but seeing the Chiefs again, I think they're just going to see red and then they're just going to absolutely go off from, you know, everything that happened last year. And I think the Bills beat the Chiefs and then I have the, the Bills beating the Vikings in the Super Bowl which would be a crazy Super Bowl, by the way, now that I'm thinking about it with Stefan Diggs and everything. But, yeah, I have the Bills going all the way. Um, the script is set. It's going to be crazy if the Giants beat the Vikings and my whole, you know, right side of the bracket is destroyed. But, um, you know what? We're going to stick with it. You like that? You like that? You like that. <laughs> you like that. But so I do like the Chiefs. I think Patrick Mahomes, I, 
I liked everything you said up until the 49ers winning. Um, because the, the Chiefs, I, they're, they're a great team all around. It's just Patrick Mahomes doing his thing without Tyreek Hill. A lot of people are just like, Ooh. I think he's finally 110% proven at this point, without a doubt. I mean, not a lot of people had doubts, but if there was any doubts, all squashed. Patrick Mahomes is our current Tom Brady, and I love that. Yeah, I don't think it's going to take long for Mahomes to pass Brady in in the GOAT conversation. I think we're probably five or six years away still, and we're definitely a few championships away. I don't think he gets it this year, but I, I don't think he's far away from the next one. You know, so it, it doesn't. it's clear now that it doesn't take a ridiculous amount of talent that you need to surround him with for him to really excel with it. But uh, I, I think 49ers are really built for it right now. And um, I, I think they're going to end up losing to Miko Ryans pretty soon after this season from a defense coordinator standpoint. I, I think they already lost, you know, a little bit on the offensive side last year and their offense isn't looking quite as good, but man, that defense looks elite right now. And it, huge credit to Miko Ryans. Huge credit to Bosa, of course, who's leading the league in sacks. I just don't think the Chiefs are going to be equipped to stop that defense from getting to Mahomes, and no quarterback is built to withstand that level of pressure. So that's my Super Bowl champions, 49ers, unfortunately. I'm not a big 49ers fan, but, man, it's hard not to respect what they've got going on right now. Fair enough, man. So, you know, with that being said – you know, why don't you hit us with some Bills block? Let's We're do it. We're back. The first Bills block of 2023. Win us some yeah. money, Bill. Come on. Let's let's do it. Let's oh. party. So I've got uh, a few things I want to talk about. Now that regular fantasy football season is over, I do want to dive into a DraftKings lineup. Traditional way to make money when you're not in a season long. Uh, but I also want to talk about second season, which is a great fantasy football specifically for the NFL playoffs. Uh, so starting off on the DraftKings side, uh, I have three players that I think are in a league of their own that you really can't have a lineup without them in it. So it, the two in particular, Josh Allen, Christian McCaffrey, you have to start your lineup with Josh Allen. You have to have Christian McCaffrey in there. Two slate breaking players, Josh Allen up against the only defense that tends to allow points to quarterbacks in Miami and Christian McCaffrey up against the Seattle Seahawks, who have been bleeding points to running backs. So much so that I'm actually following up with Elijah Mitchell as my second running back. So I'm using both San Francisco running backs here. Saving a little money with Mitchell, but even at uh, at 4700 I would have paid even higher for that because Mitchell has been getting plenty of touches when he has been healthy, even with CMC in the picture. Uh, my wide receivers... I'm going Tyreek Hill here. He's my number three guy in this whole lineup. Uh, so I've really spent a lot of money already, uh, which you'll see how I'm able to do that with the upcoming wide receivers. Uh, but Tyreek Hill is the only player that's going to be able to do anything against these Bills. You saw what he did in the playoffs against them last year. He absolutely ate. I'm not saying Skylar Thompson's the guy to really make him do any better than that, but I think uh, a couple broken plays as well as just absolutely feeding him the ball all day long. He's going to be a great play in PPR. Uh, two other guys that I talked about. Uh, Isaiah Hodgins is a stud for the Giants all of a sudden out of nowhere, and K.J. Osborne. 
who's a stud for the Vikings all of a sudden out of nowhere. Uh, Tom and I both talked about how we do like a decent amount of points being scored in that Vikings versus Giants game. Uh, so if we can get that to be a little bit of a back-and-forth affair, do like Hodgins and Osborne uh, to, so you have a little bit of taste on both sides. Value play at tight end. I like Bellinger. I, of course, I'd like Hawkinson and I'd like Irv Smith a little bit more here, but Bellinger at the price at just 3000 uh, fit in the lineup pretty nicely. Uh, the other player I'm following it up with in the flex having to spend down, I did go Jeff Wilson. That is assuming Raheem Mostert is out. Uh, so Raheem Mostert did break his thumb, uh, has not practiced this week. So at this point, it is looking like he's going to miss the game. Buffalo's a little susceptible to the run, and Miami knows they're going to have to commit to the run to give Skylar Thompson a snowball's chance. So I do expect them to to run it heavy. They ran more plays. They had more running plays against the Jets last week with Skylar Thompson as a starting quarterback than it felt like they had all season long. Uh, so they'll commit to Jeff Wilson there, and he should at least be able to get you enough points to uh, – you know, pay off the salary. Then for defense, I am going 49ers defense uh, against Seattle. Geno Smith is prone to turnovers in the second half of the season. So I do like uh, San Francisco to both get plenty of sacks as well as a couple of turnovers, maybe even that defensive score. Uh, so that rounds out the DraftKings lineup. Feel very confident in this for cash games, uh, but there's enough weirdness where I even feel confident in a tournament play here. Definitely throwing a flyer into the million maker with that myself, uh, but definitely going to lock it into plenty of cash games too. Over to the second season. Uh, so this plays pretty heavily into the bracket Tom and I just brought you through, uh, where I do have San Francisco going very far. So I've got plenty of San Francisco action in the second season. So the way the second season works, it's basically the best ball. You get the points from the players for as long as they're playing. Whoever has the most points at the end of the whole playoffs ends up taking down the league. This is a good league to play with family and friends. This isn't something where you can just throw money in and, and win, but uh, plenty of people looking for, for some action online for people to join their leagues. Uh, just make a post, do an office league, do it with your family and friends. It's a lot of fun. So I ha you get You're to a good guy, Bill. Yeah, yeah. You get to <laughs> quarterbacks. Uh, so I am going with Jalen Hurts and Patrick Mahomes. You want to get a little action from both conferences. Uh, so that way, if they're playing each other in the Super Bowl, you get to ride them all the way and you get to, you know, capitalize on points all the way through. Uh, so Mahomes is at least going to make it to the AFC Championship game, if not Super Bowl. And Hurts should do exactly the same. I like Hurts to get a whole lot more points than Brock Purdy along the way. So even though I like the Niners, I like Hurts a whole lot more for the quarterback position. Uh, for running backs, I'm going Christian McCaffrey, Jarek McKinnon, Tony Pollard, Miles Sanders. Tony Pollard could get enough points in one game to pay off uh, compared to some of the guys that are going to be playing the whole time. Christian McCaffrey, obviously, is stud. Miles Sanders, Miles Sanders should be playing plenty of games as well. And Jarek McKinnon, like I said, riding with the Chiefs all the way to the Super Bowl. For wide receivers, going A.J. Brown, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, and Kadarius Toney. Darius Tony is the the one that's not as obvious here. Obviously, AJ Brown, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson are all absolute studs. Kadarius Tony is a little bit lower down on most people's rankings, but again, if the Chiefs are lasting that long, should have plenty of value. 
Uh, the other options there, if you did want something like a Brandon Ayuk or Debo Samuel, but I don't really trust either of those with Purdy at quarterback to consistently produce. My tight ends, I'm going Travis Kelsey and George Kittle, two of the top talents in the league. Hard not to go any that way. And then I'm going Robbie Gould in the San Francisco defense because, again, you want somebody that's playing the whole way through. Uh, so that wraps up second season. That wraps up Bill's block. Any questions, you know where to find me. Like, comment, send DMs. Happy to answer any questions you may have. There you go. That's Bill's block. As always, I took a lot of notes <laughs> because I put these into parlays. And sometimes I win and sometimes I don't because I'm an idiot with my parlays. But, um, you know, with that being said, you know, the playoffs, it's going to be a beautiful time. You know, what a season. Like, I get overwhelmed thinking about it. Um, we're going to have to do, like, a little season recap, like, just one by one, just discuss all the big events that that happened this year, I think, once it's all finally over. Because, whoo, man, it was it was a wild one. I mean, this season was yeah. so crazy. I even believed in the Raiders at one point. And the Lions, like, did, like this season had us believing in the Lions. Like, I don't even... What is happening? <laughs> um, but either way, why don't why don't you conclude us? We'll we'll conclude with some bonus bets, and we'll get out of here. Yeah, my my favorite bet, unfortunately, is to combine. Uh, really, I, I like to parlay the team totals. Uh, so I like the Bills to have over their implied total. They're at twenty eight and a half points. Miami's implied total is fourteen and a half. Uh, so definitely like. Dolphins to end up under that number. I uh, definitely like the Bills to get over that number. So you combine the two, uh, and all of a sudden it, it's wide open. Where you could just do the alternate spread, uh, but it, hitting these specific team totals, you end up getting a little bit more value for it. Uh, another one I like is San Francisco and Seattle doing exactly the same thing. Because again, aside from the last three and a half minutes, Seattle hasn't top seven points against san francisco and san fran should at least get 20 uh so if you want to get them over 20 but yeah i i like them for 27 or more and then you get uh the the seahawks under 14 for sure and i think that should cash pretty well for you yeah and i'm i'm going with and mark this down this is going to be a crazy parlay and i feel like once i put it together you know what hold on i'm gonna put it together right now Make sure that this <laughs> is as crazy it. as I'm making Plus it sound. The actual odds as this is gonna be. This is gonna be live, folks. This is gonna be. This is gonna be live. So I want you guys to go over, and this is gonna sound crazy. And I promise you, no one's gonna do this but me. But uh, that's wrong. If you give me just a second to pull up my Fanduel, player passing touchdowns. Geno Smith over 1.5 is plus 194. Great odds for that, by the way. And then if you go over to the Giants and you go to TD score props and you do anytime touchdown scores, you're going to take Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley, and you're going to get a nice little three-leg parlay of plus 1575. Obviously, it's going to change a little bit um, by the time this comes out and by the time everyone decides that this is going to be one of the biggest decisions that they make. But... I'm just saying, throw $20 on that bad boy. It'll get you 300 Crazier sure. things have happened. Let's do it. All right, we are locked in. 
Oh, we're locked in just like that. Just like yeah, that. I mean, I, I again, I, I don't think the Seahawks are going to go quietly, have nothing to lose. And then the Giants, I think Saquon at least gets one. And I think Daniel Jones is going to shock people and run his run his way into the, the end zone. So Glad I was lying about being locked in on that because I'm definitely not taking Geno Smith over two touchdowns. I don't think there's a chance Seattle scores two touchdowns in general. But I'm locked in on the rest I knew of you were. I knew you were bullshitting, man. <laughs> I, I couldn't bring myself to actually click the button before i x'd off the geno smith dude i saw plus 194 and i was like i'm crazy but whatever (laughs) yeah i I like the rest of it i like your touchdown scores i'll take daniel jones to pop one in the end zone uh but just can't bring myself to bet on geno smith against this elite 49ers defense and D'Amico ryans who can't say enough about i think that's going to be a great head coach hire uh to to circle back to the carousel that we talked about earlier today. Uh, but all around, I think this is, this is a great episode, a lot of insight for the playoffs up to come. Uh, we're going to keep coming at you with even more insight as the playoffs progress. Uh, so we're back on a week-to-week action. Uh, so episode seven coming next week with the divisional round. Uh, we'll have another day with some Saturday football. Uh, can't go wrong with some Saturday football. And uh, I think it's going to be a very exciting postseason. But, man, this offseason is going to be just as wild. So uh, definitely stay tuned. Heck, yeah. Make sure you guys like, share, subscribe. Give us all the feedback in the world. We're going to get shorts out. We're going to have, you know, cold takes. We're going to have hot takes. We're going to have freezing takes. You know me. I just predicted that the Vikings were going to go to the Super Bowl. Bill just predicted that the 49ers would win the whole thing. You know, why not? Let's see what happens. I can't wait. So, you know, with that being said, everybody, have a good night. Thank you for tuning in. Shout out to Belgium. Everybody, sell your soul to us. Have a good night.